We are very encouraged to hear what God is doing through City Life to change lives. If you have a story to share of how City Life has impacted you, please let us know at story at citylifecenter.org. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. Our desire is to make Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Guys, get your Bibles, get your notes, open them up to the book of Romans. Your Bible's up to Romans chapter 7, verse 15. Romans 7, 15. It's in the New Testament, about four-fifths of the way through the Bible. And uh, Romans 7, 15. Today I'm continuing my series called Craving Change, and the message title today is called My Will. Hey, I'm telling you what, the will to win will set you free. It will. Run to Win is our theme this year, and uh, we, we wear these uh, little, little wristbands around here that say Run to Win. If you don't have one, you, you've, you're, everyone's supposed to have one. You're like required to wear one to church. They check it at the door, and no, I'm just I'm kidding. They really don't. Has no microchips installed in it or anything, but, uh, but you can but pick one up. Uh, just go over to that, that little uh, connect place over there and say, hey, I want one of those, and they'll give you a bag, probably with a whole bunch of other things too, but Run to Win is our theme for this year, but <clears throat> here's a question. Do you have the will to run? Do you have the will to run to win? Now, now listen, if you do, today can be the day that you can kill negativity in your heart. Today can be the day when you can destroy timidity. You can demolish hatred. You can defeat uh, hopelessness. You can drive out uh, dark thought patterns that are happening in your mind. You can end greed. You can quench laziness if you are willing will link. If you want to get your will under control and under God's control, then I'm saying amazing things can happen today in Jesus' name. And I'm talking about a mindset and an empowerment from God and, 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 and even an emotional control that gives you the ability to move forward, to advance, and to take positive steps so that you can move out of the doldrums and you can live your life with intentionality and with the purpose that God designed you to live with. See, having the will to run to win is simply knowing this. It's, it's knowing that you're not going to give up. Really. And if you don't give up, the truth is you can't fail because God promised us that we will not fail if we don't give up. So it's all about having this will to run. It's having the desire to win. It's then taking action on it. It's about, it's about setting a goal and then chasing after it with, with a fiery passion. You know, Navy SEAL instructors, uh, they say that their recruits almost always fail. But they say it's the gritty who win. You see, they, they say that th those people who are mentally committed to their cause, those are the ones who refuse to let their emotions control them. And they simply say, I will finish this or I will die. And I'm telling you, those are the ones that make it. If you don't have a craving today to knock down some barriers and, and just demolish some stuff in your life, you don't have a craving for that. If you just want to do churchy church, churchy church, you know, kind of like where you sit and go, okay, that was, that was a fine little thing. Now let's go have brunch. You know, okay, you can have brunch and it might be fine, but I want change. I don't want to do church just to feel good that I did it. <laughs> if you want to just do feel good stuff, stay home and watch Netflix. 
<laughs> and then broadcast on Facebook to everybody that you did a Netflix weekend. And I'm happy. Now, for those of you in the church who actually stayed away from church today and broadcast on Facebook that they did a Netflix weekend, I have, I'm not attacking them, but you can message them and say, you missed it. They pre- the preacher was talking about you. But listen, <laughs> if you don't have a craving to run to win and to make the most out of today, then just Take the day off. Go have a me day. In fact, go have a, have a me wake, me, me week, or maybe even a me life, which is, just to let you know, that's the bullet train to hopelessness. But, but the other option is to simply become a legend for Christ. It's getting your mind under control. It's suffering through your current emotional adversity. It's falling in love with the race and, and, and craving that change. But you can't ever forget this. Your greatest weapon is your will to win, your will to run to win. And today I'm going to challenge you. I'm challenging you to pick yourself up when it feels impossible, to stop listening to the negative fleeting emotions and listen to God's spirit and get re-energized and run to win because I'm telling you, life will hurl a lot of bad stuff at you. It has hurled a lot of bad stuff at you already, but, but you're here today and you've already taken that first step. Just having the will to show up at church today is good because some of you, you felt depressed and you felt down and you felt like, I can't even come here, but you're doing it and you're going to leave here changed. You're going to leave here rewarded. See, it's, it's, and it's having that will to, to, uh, to, to say, I'm, I'm just going to make the decision. I don't ever have to try to fake it and look and act perfect. I'm going to, li- I'm, I'm going to simply live my life with vibrancy and perfect, uh, and not with perfect, but to live my life with vibrancy and purpose, but not try to look and act perfect. It's developing this will to avoid what I would call the urban charade where you put on this mask and you try to hide your flaws and say, well, if I look pretty and I look good, then everything's okay. And I'm talking about something that is real legitimate. It's change on the inside. It's transformation. It's a winning way of living. And that is the change that I'm craving. And I want you to have the will to seize your win and to obtain the hope and the future that God has for you. Now, we're, uh, we're learning in this series that we are a three-part being. We're spirit, we're soul, and we're body. Uh, the spirit is the part of us that is born again when we, we receive Christ into our lives. Now, our spirit actually lives on forever. Uh, last Thursday evening, uh, Rebecca's mother's spirit departed her body and now lives on with Christ today. But our body is the physical shell that contains us. And this physical shell is made up of systems and parts and all its various functions. But our physical body is short-lived. Our bodies will die. But there's a third part of us, which is the soul. Now, I, th- I think the soul is probably the most interesting part of us because your soul is comprised of simply three parts. Uh, these, these are the parts of us that can and must be changed. It's really where the battle is waged in our life. Your soul is these three parts. It's your mind, which are your thoughts and your intellect. It is your emotions, which are your feelings. And it is your will. It's where you choose to take action. Now, the truth is, is that quite often your soul is where you are constantly fighting and fighting and fighting because our minds, our wills, and our emotions, a lot of times, hey, they're, they're just out of control, and, and you know that. But we learn to hide it well, but eventually does come out, and, and, um, and it comes out, and then 
it's, it's obvious, hey, we're, you're a broken person. <laughs> but we are all broken people. We, we are fractured in our soul. But like a fractured bone, you can't put a cast around a fractured soul. But there's hope for your fractured soul. You don't have to continue to be the way you are in your mind, your emotions, and with your will. You don't have to live with a fractured soul because God wants to heal you. God wants to set you free. And God wants to restore your mind and your emotions and your will. So, so it starts with only making the decision that you're not going to do those things anymore that you truly hate. And, and that's what I'm talking about today, which is your will. It's, it's craving this change in your mind, your emotions, and today, your will. Now, now there's this constant, um, th- this constant internal struggle, especially with our will. And this comes with uh, inside of all Christians. Everyone, we face this. It makes me feel good about it because the reality is Paul, who was this crazy, amazing church planter in the Bible who established Christian churches all across the ancient Roman Empire in the first century, who also wrote the majority of the books in the New Testament, he had the same kind of struggles that you and I have. Now, I want you to look in Romans chapter number uh, 7, and we're going to look in verse 15 and see what Paul wrote about his own struggles. I love the fact that this man is transparent, and if he can be transparent, I think we all can. Look at it. It says, I do not understand what I do. (laughs) Since the frustration there? For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. I mean, how how many of you felt this way? You do the things you hate to do, you want, or in the, like in the series we're using this word crave, you crave to live a certain way, but you end up doing the opposite. Well, hey, you're not alone. I fight this battle as well. And it's the battle of our will. Paul also said a few verses down, if you look down at verse 21, he says this, he says, So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me so look at this now some of you you're beating yourselves up in your mind and in your emotions because you keep messing up and your flaws keep becoming evident and you keep stumbling and skinning your knees some of you you're you're down on yourself in fact i will say that this is really the biggest problem with believers the biggest problem with believers is not that we sin but it's that because Sin can be forgiven immediately. The biggest challenge is that we deal with the mental and emotional struggles as a result of whatever happened, whether it's sin or just just failing in one way or another, because there's this thing called the accuser. It's the accuser. It's the devil who constantly puts these things in your mind and tells you you're a loser. Hey, God has rejected you. You're a lost cause. Why don't you just give up on church? Because God, he's just sick and tired of you, man. Everyone else has perfect lives, and what's wrong with you? You're messed up. Give up. I love to expose lies, because that's all a bunch of lies. 
I'm here to expose the lies. Satan will always try to make you feel that way. See, what he does is he watches your life. He sees your flaws, your weaknesses, and he sees your sin. And he points it out and he draws attention to the mistakes you made and beats you down. And if you listen to it, it destroys you. So instead of listening to that, listen up. Listen to me. Satan's name is actually called the accuser. That's his name. So it really comes down to this. Are you going to listen to the accuser? Or are you going to listen to God? I'll tell you what God said to a group of people many years ago. Um, these are some people who messed up really bad. They were down on themselves. They were into self-loathing. They were in a constant state of mourning and depression. They messed up bad. They sinned. Things, it just looked like it was over for them. But God said, no, you're not getting it. Jeremiah records these words of God in Jeremiah 29, 11. He said, I know the plans I have for you. He's talking to messed up people who are really upset with themselves, beating themselves down, listening to the accuser. Listen to this. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. <laughs> so in spite of your failures, of your weak will, God has not and God will not give up on you. Guys, <laughs> there's hope. There's hope. There's a future for you. God still has plans for you. When you get that in you, it's like your, 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 your bones come alive. It's like there's fire in your bones. You can start moving forward in spite of yesterday's failures, yesterday's emotions, yesterday's thoughts, yesterday's sin. You can push it behind you and move forward. And you can, you must, you will then run to win when you get this in your spirit. Because then Paul, the guy who says, man, I'm always doing the wrong things. I, I do what I don't want to do. You know what we read a minute ago? Look what else he said. He said, I press on. I press on. Say those two words, press on. Press on. The, the word press on right there, that means crave. Okay, that means crave, passionately hunger for. He says, I press on or crave toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So, in other words, he's saying, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep running to win. I am craving Jesus. See, that's why our theme scripture for this year uh, is, is we can say it with heartfelt passion, knowing that God is for us, not against us. That's why we say our scripture. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our, our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. But the key to winning the battle over our will is to trust God rather than to trust our own reasonings. Now, this morning, my little alarm went off on my phone at... 4:30, and and when it went off i slapped that phone and i i, I hit it I, I just like in the right place so it would just go off and it stopped and my reasonings my mind my emotion said tim you're tired tim you know you've had a rough couple of weeks and tim you <laughs> tim you just need a tim day <laughs> tim life is hard you know you, you work hard, and you deserve someone else just to come preach today. 
Tim, you still have to prepare your mother-in-law's funeral message, and you haven't even started, Tim. Tim, why don't you just not go to church this morning? Well, that all raced through my mind in a matter of about 10 seconds. But when I caught my thought processes, I thought, wait a minute, these are wrong thoughts. You see? It wouldn't have been sin for me to not come, but it was the, would have been the wrong choice. So I exercised and re-energized my will. What I did to fight it at that moment, at that time, is I grabbed the phone that I had just turned off a few a couple minutes earlier, and I, I picked it up, and I opened up my Bible app, and I sat up in bed while I'm still there in bed, and I read some scriptures, and, I, and then all of a sudden, my alarm, the snooze part went off again. It's like, okay, it's saying wake up. I'm like, okay, I'm up. I'm up, stupid phone. And, and so I, I got up, and, I, and I, I kicked myself into gear. God didn't do it for me. God won't manipulate my will. God knows, and I know it is my responsibility to get up. See, I chose to be led by the voice of the Spirit rather than be led by my mind. Now, I would have loved it if, if God would have just, just said, Oh, holy Tim, Pastor Tim. I will help thee, you know, because he, he uses these and thou's when he talks. I will help thee, and he just lifts me up out of the bed and tips me over and puts my feet on the ground and kind of helps me to walk all the way over to the shower and turns it on for me. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Now, he does things like that for me. Does he do that for you? Well, I'm just lying right now. He doesn't do that for me. That'd be cool. I mean, that'd be cool, I, but, but he doesn't. He doesn't do that for anyone. You have to step out on your own will when you don't feel like it. That's what this stuff's all about, guys. That's what this is about. See, I chose to make my will strong. I chose to make the right choice. It's a choice to make a choice, you know? And I'm delighted that I've done so. And I'm just telling you guys, I am blessed today because today, I know this much, I, will, I feel stronger, a whole lot stronger than I did six hours ago. I am blessed today, and I will actually leave here much, much more stronger than I ever would have if I would have caved to my own thoughts and emotions. See, because a right-focused will brings blessing. It does. God blesses you when, you're, when your will is focused in the right. I mean, I want to be blessed. Don't you want that? It's like, what do you want, blessing or curse? Who, who would like to be blessed? Yeah, yeah. Who would like to be cursed? Like, put your hands up. See, nobody's hands are up. Some of you weren't sure if you wanted to be blessed. Like, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know. Like, how many of you want to be blessed? All right, all right come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, see, see, yeah, you do, because it's the opposite. No, you don't want that. I want to be blessed. And in fact, I want to walk in continual blessing, but there's something that I have to do to help accomplish that, to walk in the blessing of God. It means intentionally focusing my will in the right direction. Look what God says to us in Isaiah chapter number 1, verse 19. He said, if you are willing, now stop, look at that word willing. What are the first four letters of the word willing? W-I-L-L. What is that word? Will. will. Okay, that is your will. That means if you activate your will and put it in the right direction. If you activate your will and go in the right direction and obedient, that means you're doing what God says. Got it? Got it? This is good. If you're willing and obedient... You will eat the good things of the land. Now, I don't quite know what the good things of the land are. I mean, I can think of a lot of good. I don't know, but I just know that has to be good. I, I, first of all, I like to eat. I do. Uh, yeah, I, 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 you, know, I mean, you might think I'm just some skinny guy, but, but I do like to eat. I really, really do. I, I like to eat, and, and, and I like to eat good things. So, hey, I want that. That's, see, that's blessing. That's really a description of blessing. <laughs> 
but it happens when I'm willing and obedient. I get blessed. That's what I want. See, so we focus our will on being led by the Spirit of God. And you get that fire burning in you. And, and then you can leave your lethargy and your passionate, uh, passionless living behind you. You begin to crave more of the fire of God in your life. Really, because our launching point is the Holy Spirit in us. That's God in us. See, when God's Spirit burns in you, you've accepted Jesus into your life, you're a follower of Him, and then you're full of the Spirit of God, then you are ready for action. And, and I'm just telling you guys, it is time for us to quit being passionless and timid. I'm going to make a bold statement here. Passionless, timid living is not of God. It's not. Say, well, you know, some of y'all fold your hands and do like this. Well, prove it, Pastor. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, prove it, Pastor. Next slide, please. Like that? How do that? Slides happen. I've had many people ask me, how do you change the slides? I don't know. They just change. But here we are. Well, this is good. Look at this, guys. This is God's word. It says, the spirit God gave us does not make us what? I just hate that my name is the first part of that. So we're not going to break down that word, all right? But the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. It doesn't. Like, well, I'm timid. Well, that didn't come from God. Whoa, I mean, I'm serious. Some of you are going, that, that hurts, Pastor. No, I, well, maybe, maybe, you know, sometimes it hurts when I go to the gym and I work out. But it's good for me because I know it's going to make me strong. Here's what, here's what God's Spirit does. It says, but God's Spirit gives you three things. It doesn't give you that one timid thing. It gives you three things. Power, love, self-discipline. Power, love, self-discipline. I want that. So here's what I'm saying, guys. Get a huge dose of the Spirit of God. The ways to do that is just to be full of his Holy Spirit and praying regularly, being in church regularly, being a worshiper, being in God's word, being a giver, refusing to be driven by your emotions and your mental games that you're playing in your head and infuse yourself with the Spirit of God. You want to be a winner? Do you want to be a winner? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Then simply do what God's Spirit says. And you know what God's Spirit says because he's speaking to you in the scriptures, in your worship, and at church, and he's speaking to you all the time. We just tune in, listen, and obey. You know, I, I just, I, there's some basics to this. In fact, I was out at the, um, I, was, I was out visiting Leo Salazar at his racehorse place the other day, and, and um, looking at his horses, and I, you know, just, I saw some pictures there of what that means about about how to be a winner because <laughs> he has winning racehorses and and really i mean it's 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 the same it's the same with us it's by being in an atmosphere of love and care because love and care makes winners you stay in the word of god and you exercise your faith and you keep doing the basics over and over and over because training exercise and repetition makes winners it's, it's, it's about engaging with your trainer who is God himself. See, because the trainer is the key. You don't, it doesn't matter how well-bred you are. You've got to keep in touch with the trainer. And you have to exert power over your will and get your thoughts and your emotions under control. And the way to do that is with Christian friendships and fellowship. 
people who are going to be with you, who are going to help lift you up when you're down and when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling disappointed. See, you can't do this thing alone. Today, I'm challenging you to have a strong will. Uh, I want my church to be full of strong-willed people. Now, maybe in the past you say, well, I'm not a strong-willed person. Well, you are now. Just make up your mind that you are. It's really that simple. It is. It is. I mean, do you want to have a weak-willed family or a weak-willed business? Or No, none of us want that. Think about it. It's time to have a strong will. And here's how to do it. You're going to have to perpetuate some change to, do it, to make it happen, and you, that means you have to start working out. Working out is the way to do it. Now, I, I go to the gym. I go to the gym regularly, and I, I do that because I, I just need to. Because if I don't, I mean, I, I, I think bad, really bad things will happen to me. But I don't like going to the gym. But I'm always glad that I've gone afterwards because working out, I know what it does for me. So here's what I'm encouraging you to do. Get busy. We're going to get busy. We're going to kick ourselves out of slumber. And we're going to stop saying, well, it's too hard. It's too hard. Now, I'm not talking about going to the gym. This is a different kind of working out, all right? But, but I don't want you to say, but pastor, it's so hard. I can't do it. Stop it, okay? Strong will. That's a weak will. <laughs> okay, stop. But no, stop. All right, stop. It's, tired. it's time to stop thinking that way because that kind of thinking keeps you locked down and ineffective. Today can be the day that changes the rest of your life, and I'm so dead serious. Some of you need to get off the sidelines of life and make the decision to do so today. Take a look at what Paul says. Paul says it. It's right there in the Bible. It does say to work out. Those of you who go to the gym, you didn't know that it tells you in the Bible to work out, but it says it. Come on, say those first two words with me. Work out. There it is. Work out. Of course, it doesn't talk about the gym, so that's why you can't take stuff out of context. Let's read the rest of it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That means like get serious about this stuff. For it is, here's a cool deal, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God is doing this in you. That's how it works. That's really pretty cool. Lindsay, um, earlier in the, where are you, Lindsay? Yeah, it, like in prayer before church, uh, early this morning, you were reading this passage yes. of scripture from the Amplified Version, and I loved it so much. I call the Amplified Version of the Bible, I call it the Amped Up Version, you know, because it's, it's amped. You'll understand when you hear it, uh, because this, this little scripture here will take her like 30 minutes to read through it, but it's <laughs> so good, all right? Not 30, maybe three, but, but please read this, because this is amazing from the Amplified. Read this to us. So then, my dear ones, just as you have always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. That is, cultivate, bring it to full effect, actively pursue spiritual maturity with awe-inspired fear and trembling, using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you both to will and to work that is strengthening energizing and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure that is a slam dunk yes thank you so much hey guys today is your day for change today is the day where you're going to break out of having a weak will that keeps you defeated 
A few weeks ago, there was this lady who moved here uh, to Fort Worth from across the country, and she moved here to live here simply to attend city life. And uh, it took a strong will for her to do so. A couple of weeks ago, she sent me this message, and I just want to read it to you. She says, Pastor Tim, let me preface this by saying that I know that all the credit is due to God for the incredible change in my life, and it has been so incredible. It started almost two years ago for me when I was trying to live my life in an authentic way for God. I knew that it wouldn't always be pretty, but it would be real, but it never ignited until I walked into city life when I was visiting six months ago. And I have to say thank you for trusting your purpose for building a church community that would allow me to fall in love with fellowship again. And it was so key, and I had no idea. The past few weeks, because she just moved here, the past few weeks have been confirmation after confirmation. So many stories that you would never believe them and just as many trials at the same time. I took a huge step of faith to move here and the devil has done everything he can to distract me and to pull me away. But before service on Sunday, I was never able to separate that quiet, toxic voice in my head, that dangerous whisper of distraction And this week, I have been able to take total control of my focus unlike I've never had before. Tonight, I even found myself leaving an event where I had a deep conversation with a total stranger confirming my move here. But then, as I was on my way home, I got frustrated and I became tired and then I got lost. It's a tough thing as a young lady to be lost in the city, a city you're not familiar with, right? She said, I felt like something was trying to ruin all of the good that had just come out of this night, but then I remembered your advice, and I took the advice, and I used the two tools that you told me to use, and I turned this into a worship session on my way home. Hands down, it was one of the most beautiful moments I have ever had with God in my car at 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) L-O-L. I needed you to know that this is why I chose to partner with City Life because I see the change in my life in a way I have never seen it before. I trust like I've never trusted before. And I know I'm not the only one whose life has changed and I'm so humble just to be a part. Now I finally understand what it means to run to win. I tell you, that, that, that's a strong will. You want to know how to change your will? Good, I'm going to give you four simple steps to do it. Here's how to change your will. Number one, first and foremost, identify your wrong thoughts of emotion. What are wrong thoughts? In fact, even just pick out one wrong thought of them. One wrong thought or emotion that keeps creeping up on you that you know is wrong. And you've probably been thinking about it all through this message that you want to get rid of that. That's God talking to you. It's not me, Okay. What is it? Emotions of, ne- uh, of negativity? Could it be thoughts of covetousness? Are they feelings of fear? Maybe mindsets of selfishness or feelings of timidity? Yeah, pick it out. What is the one major thought or emotion that keeps driving you to do what you do not want to do? Identify it. Boom. Number two, here it is. Ask God for change. 
This is where we're saying, God, I am not settling for second best anymore. God, I am not settling for a weak will anymore. God, I don't want to sit on the sidelines of life anymore and criticize the people who are, who are on the field. No, I'm tired of bad-mouthing. I'm tired of being here. I am ready to move forward with my life. And you decide that you're going to open up with prayer and with worship to God. Ask God for change. That gets God in the middle of the picture. And you better watch out because when God gets involved, his, He is going to work His will for change in your life and it's going to be crazy amazing (laughs) he has plans for you number three here it is now you've got to do something else third thing you've got to make a choice this is an act of your will but it is a choice choose to stop the wrong thoughts and emotions say okay i'm going to stop doing that i'm going to stop thinking that way well how can you you just make the decision to stop I had this 10th grade English class, and, uh, and the, the teacher was so much into positivity. It was, it was funny because anytime, you know, normal 10th grade sophomores, you know, in high school, you're going to get a few every once in a while where we're going, oh, 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 you'll be whiny or, or grouchy, or when we say I can't or we complain, she would stop. And I remember she would just do this, but she would always close her eyes when she would do it. I don't, but I don't know what she was thinking when she would close her eyes, but she would say, get your mind out of the slime of the gutter. After a year of hearing that, every single day, it is in my spirit to this day. I mean, she's probably like gone. I mean, that was a long time ago. But her words are not. Get your mind out of the slime of the gutter. See, it is a choice to live in negativity and timidity and hatred and hopelessness and greed and laziness. Choose today to get your mind out of the slime of the gutter. Thank God for Harlingen High School, Harlingen, Texas. Number four, here we go. Number four, this is it. Begin doing the opposite intentionally okay what is the opposite of that thought or that emotion that keeps pulling you down what is the opposite of it but it's not just another thought or emotion it's an action you need to put some action to it so so whether you feel like it or not you're going to start doing something and you say but pastor i don't feel like i can do it yet well you need to stop it because that's the problem because you're listening to your feelings all right Stop being driven by your feelings. Stop being driven by your thoughts and your emotions because you can break out of it. So if it's negativity, then you need to take some positive action. You're going to start doing positive things. If it's timidity, then you're going to step out in faith and you're going to take some big, bold steps and it might be scary, but you're not going to be afraid because you know God's with you. If it's hatred, you're going to start intentionally loving some really mean people. (laughs) If it's hopelessness, then you're going to start giving hope to other people who are down. If if you're going through dark thought processes, then what you're going to begin doing is been worshiping God and just getting into God's Word and watch how that changes. If it's greed, then you just start getting generous every opportunity that you have. If it's laziness, then you need to simply make your life uncomfortable. Say, Pastor, you may tell me to get uncomfortable in life? (laughs) Yeah, I am. Get uncomfortable if you're lazy and start taking some action. It's very simple. Those are the ways to do it. And you can have a strong will. And if you do this, 
and you put God in the middle of it, you just watch, your life will change. And that's my passion for you, you bunch of strong-willed people. <laughs> I want to have the strongest-willed church in town. Not for, not for me, but for the praise of God. Because you've got something that God has called you to do. There's a hope and a future and a calling for you. There's a destiny for you in this city, for some of you around the world. And you know it's in your heart to fulfill that. For your family, for your destiny, for your legacy. Be strong-willed. Because in Jesus, there is hope for the fractured soul. Please no movement at this time. I'd like for you to all close your eyes and focus intentionally because this is the most important, important part of today. If you're here and you've never surrendered your life completely to Jesus or if you've drifted from your relationship with God and you want to know this Jesus that I talk about and you want a new beginning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. If you'd like to be included in my closing prayer and you would like to surrender your life completely to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three in just a moment because faith is when we respond outwardly to what's happening on the inside listen to this jesus loves you more than you can imagine and he died for you so that you can have life forever and everything can change today one two three lift your hand so i can connect my faith with yours thank you who else Thank you. Who else? Lift your hand so I can connect my faith with you. Great. Here's what I like for us to do. You can put your hands down. Please, everyone, stand. Stand right now. I want you, if you lifted your hand, along with everyone else in this congregation, to pray these words with me. Mean them from the bottom of your heart. Give this to Jesus. Come on, pray this prayer out right now with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. For today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for a strong will to follow your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. City Life is able to continue making Jesus known for the consistent investments of many. If you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifecenter.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.